The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Well, a good morning to you. It is 819 right now on this Friday morning. Beautiful outside. Really nice weather today. And I believe it's going to be this way, hopefully for most of the day today. I mean, it's it's really nice out there. If you've not been outside yet, it's about 71, 72 degrees outside. It feels literally perfect today. Um, so it... One of the nicest days we've had so far in the last couple of days because that temperature right now is absolutely perfect, but it's going to get a lot hotter. Today, the high is going to reach about 91 degrees, so it's going to warm up quite a bit. 91, and then later today, we'll see some partly cloudy skies, but for tonight, the low is going to get down to 60 Partly cloudy tonight, but looks like no real rain in the forecast this evening. And then for Saturday... Saturday, high of 89 degrees, mainly sunny out there. Saturday, high again, 89. But today's high, much warmer at 91. Well, during the first part of this program this morning, we're going to talk to Gloria Christie at Shacklitz Photography, who tells us about an event coming up tomorrow. Uh, Gloria? You know what we're doing Saturday? We are just going to have a great time. We are actually going to Gordon View Farm, our organizers, our friends from Murfreesboro, and we are going to have a making Music and Mule Bluegrass Barbecue. Does that sound like fun? That, that does. So tell us more about that. <laughs> well, you know, we've got so many things. I know you're too young, and I, I get this, but you... When I was little, this show was on TV called Wagon Train. When Bill and I were little, we played Wagon Train all the time. I mean, we got our wagons out and just uh, we had our friends get in the wagons. I mean, we had all our wagons together, you know, little red wagons. (laughs) 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 And I guess that's reminiscent. I I just, that memory stuck with me since I was a little girl. And now we're going to actually get do it we have folks that have covered wagons all these wagons are pulled by mules and it was a wonderful era we're learning so much about that era where the mule was actually a contributor to how america began to grow and prosper up until the mechanical age of the era of uncle dave macon it all began to change, and the mule kind of got set aside until we're bringing that story to the front. So folks see it and hear it and feel the whole ambiance of what it was like to have lived back then, and that's what we're going to be doing in the fall. But we're going to get a little bit of it this weekend at the Gordon View Farm. Our friend Marty Gordon, one of our directors, has offered his farm and mules and wagons and barbecue, and oh, we're going to have a big time. We have homestead people who are going to show folks about what it was like to to live in pioneer times, and that's going to be all a part of our interpretation in the fall. You don't want to miss this. I know everyone said, why did we go to Shelbyville? Well, let me tell you, we've got more room, more content, more excitement. It's just a little bit down the road, and plus the fact there's 
this this music that was of that era. We're going to be able to celebrate that. We have a new feature in our on the, in uh, Uncle Dave Make Days, which is going to be called Pickersville. We'll tell you more about that later. But everything is uh, is going to be presented at our kickoff bluegrass barbecue this weekend. And by the way, I have tickets if you want to come and. It, uh, just come by the store, and I'll be happy to give you a ticket. And that ticket, well, if you buy a ticket, it will entitle you to the drawing that's going to happen at the festival for a mule. You need one, Scott. Don't you need a mule? I, I think absolutely I do. <laughs> I know you need a mule. And, and, but if you don't need a mule, well, last year's, uh, last year's festival, that the mule was auctioned off. And, and by the way, it is a benefit for veterans. Last year's mule got uh, auctioned for three thousand dollars. The person that had the winning ticket got fifteen hundred, and the veterans got fifteen hundred. So, it has a dual benefit. You, it helps the vet, the veteran, and the the winner gets half of it too. So, if you don't need a mule, then we uh, and the and you have that winning ticket, which you can purchase for the 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 uh, barbecue this weekend. And you can get a, a a mule if you if you can get a prize. You don't have to. We have a way if you don't want the mule and if you don't need the mule or if you don't have a place for a mule, then we have that. We've got that figured out too. So <laughs> that sounds good. And again, for anybody listening, this is going on. You said this coming weekend. This coming weekend from four to eight at Gordon View Farm in Shelbyville. We'll we've got show you where it is. You can come by and. and uh, just get that ticket right there at Shackles Photography and come join us. We're going to all go caravanning over to Gordonview from our uh, store on Saturday. So we can even show you where it is. It is beautiful. I know everybody. It's just, it's a beautiful place and, and it's just restful. And come join us, listen to bluegrass, have some barbecue. And of course, see our mules and our wagons and whatever we're. Uh, it's just going to be a blast, Scott. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. Hey, that sounds like a lot of fun. And is there anywhere online where folks can get more details? Yeah, of course you can go to Shackles Photography. Oh, excuse me, not Shackles. <laughs> and AmericanMulesAndBluegrass.com. We you can go to both. There's a QR code on each one of the sites, and you could that'll lead you to each each one of our sites and what the, those details are all about. But just call us if you have, you can come by Shackless, and we'll be happy to share that with you. This this is going to be an amazing event that is we like like our director Marty uh, has said. This is just widening our our reach, and it's not that we're uh, we're, we're just making a bigger circle to include more people. And I think it's going to be so much fun, and you don't want to miss it. And definitely. Again, Gloria Christie with us this morning from Shacklets Photography on the downtown square and online at shacklettsphotography.com. Gloria, thank you for the update on all the events coming up this weekend. And uh, folks listening, definitely attend. Yeah, and as I used to say in, in uh, the, on Wagon Train, Wagon Toe <laughs> <laughs> or Go or something like that. <laughs> Now, uh, Gordon View Farm, that is located in Shelbyville. Let me give you the address, 2591 Highway 231 South, and that is where that event is taking place on Saturday. Again, in Shelbyville at Gordon View Farm, 
2591 Highway 231 South. If you need tickets, just stop by Shacklet's Photography or check them out online. You get their contact details there, shacklet'sphotography.com. Time right now, 827, and we're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios on this Friday morning, today, June 16th. More details about the impact fee. That comes your way next. Make sure you stay with us. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. If you're looking for an adoptable cat or kitten, be sure to stop by and take a peek in our cat room downstairs. For those of you that prefer scaly friends to furry ones, we have you covered at Animal City. Come in and find your next pre-loved, pre-spoiled pet here at Animal City. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. You can find us at Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad. Do you struggle with occasional nerve aches in your hands or feet? Try Nervive Nerve Relief from the world's number one nerve care company. Nervive tablets contain alpha-lipoic acid to relieve nerve aches, weakness, and discomfort, plus B-complex vitamins to support healthy nerve function as you age. Live life with less nerve discomfort with Nervive Nerve Relief. Learn more at NerviveHealth.com. And try Nervive Pain Relieving Cream to block nerve pain signals at the source. Use as directed. Here at the Almond Joy Factory, where tropical vibes abound, we use soft, fresh-tasting coconut. The crunchiest almonds and delicious chocolate candy. Ah, but do you know what our most important ingredient is? Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts and something even way better than that. Yes, Almond Joy is made with almonds and joy. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. You're listening to WGNS on this Friday morning. We're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric, your hometown provider of electricity since 1936. Learn more at mte.com. Well, on this segment of the show, we're going to talk more about the city council passing on second reading, and that's the final reading, the impact fee schedule, which will start on July 1st. The impact fee was passed to help pay for infrastructure projects as the result of population growth in the city of Murfreesboro. In the passing of that new impact fee, those building a new home will have to pay a new impact fee starting July 1st of this year. We talked to Murfreesboro Mayor Shay McFarland about the details of this new impact fee. So I voted for the mechanism for the impact fee. I didn't vote on the amount just because of the industry I'm in. I don't think it was it would be right for me to be arguing what an amount, you know, the amount would be. So the, the number that the council agreed to is $2 a square foot being phased in. Again, our guest Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. And that impact fee schedule ended up passing on Thursday night. And the cost on the impact fee for single-family residential addresses starting July 1st of this year will be $1.50 per square foot. 
That impact fee will then increase to $2 per square foot starting July 1st of 2024. In 2025, on July 1, the price will increase to $2.50 per square foot. To give you a better idea of what that impact fee will look like, if you're building a 2,500 square foot home starting July 1st of this year, the impact fee will cost $3,750. In 2024, that fee will go up to $5,000 for the same 2,500 square foot home, which is $2 per square foot. In 2025, the cost to build that same 2,500 square foot home will be $6,250 or $2.50 per square foot. And again, that is a one-time fee. There's a high number for multifamily. I think the number is like $7,000 per unit if you're pulling a permit for an apartment. Then there's also an impact fee for industrial and commercial. The one thing that the council did vote on is that, you know, look, if somebody's going to come in and provide a large job opportunity, I don't think you should penalize them for an impact. They're actually helping. They're, they're providing a positive impact by providing jobs. So there's a mechanism where, you know, the city staff can recommend to council abatement on a, an impact fee. You know, Scott, any municipality or county that relies solely on a one-time revenue source like an impact fee, it's extremely cyclical. You know, so that you go back to 2008 when no one was building houses or, or projects in 2008, and if you're relying on that impact fee, you would be broke. There's better ways, in my opinion, to be able to handle the situation because ultimately if we raise property taxes for example and you're raising taxes on a commercial business well if you're paying more in rent because your landlord's paying more in taxes that that cost is passed down to the landlord who is going to pass that cost to the consumer if your rent is more in a commercial say you're a restaurant and your rent is more then you're just going to raise your prices ultimately it's this funnel that any impact fee or any revenue increase just gets passed down to the consumer. And so I think you have to be careful when you do that because um, ultimately, you know, it, it, it ends up hurting um, affordability. And with the subject of apartment complexes, now with this impact fee, if you were to build, for example, a, a 200-unit apartment complex, it would cost an additional roughly $1.5 million to pay for that impact fee just to build your apartment complex. Yeah, and I'm okay with that. I, I think I think the impact that apartments have on the community is way more than what a residential home has. You know, I think promoting home ownership in our community is a good thing. But, you know, I had this long conversation this weekend, and it was with a family whose son is a aerospace engineer, and he's in his mid-20s uh, living in Virginia. And they talked about how his career path is he wants to be able to move all over to be able to at some point get to NASA. And so they're like, look, he has no desire to buy a house. He wants to rent. And I think that's what you're seeing now with the, the younger generation that they're okay with not owning a home right now because they want to be able to have that freedom to move from place to place to place and that you know that's something that has changed you know it's like scott something that's changed people don't want huge yards anymore i have a huge yard i love my yard but that's not what a lot of the of younger people want they don't want to spend their time mowing mowing grass so i, I think trying to adjust to a good mix of that is going to be something the city will continue to, to struggle with there are very few huge yards in uh, Murfreesboro anymore to begin with. No, you're, like. Well, that's why I think it's important to make sure that we have our 
parks we keep investing in our parks and recreation system. That was Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. Murfreesboro Assistant City Manager Sam Huddleston told WGNS that the impact fee for single-family residential addresses will soon be... The impact fee rate for single-family residential, the council approved staging that in over the next three years and starting out July the 1st of this year with $1.50 per square foot that would be collected at the time of certificate of occupancy. And then that would go up to $2 next year and then $2.50 July 1st of 2025. As for the cost to build a new apartment complex, developers can expect to pay a per unit fee as opposed to a per square foot fee. The apartments, that is a one-time per unit fee of $7,624. And to summarize with the passage of this new impact fee schedule here in Murfreesboro and based on recent building activity, that new development impact fee is anticipated to generate about $9 million in revenue annually. Now, that number is based on some of the past activity in new building projects in Murfreesboro. Of the $9 million in revenue that is expected from the new impact fee, about $3.5 million will go towards road and street projects. $1.75 million will go into the Parks and Recreation Department. And public safety? They are earmarked to receive about $1.75 million as well. Murfreesboro City Schools, they too will receive about $1.75 million annually from this new impact fee. Again, the Murfreesboro City Council last night voted to adopt a graduated fee schedule for single-family residential properties being built beginning on July 1st of this year. The starting price of that new fee, $1.50 per square foot, with the price going up in 2024 to $2 per square foot, and then in 2025, $2.50 per square foot for single-family structures. Now, while that impact fee is charged a per square foot fee on residential construction, there is a ceiling for the new tax. For single-family residential construction, the cost of the impact fee will not exceed $10,952 per dwelling. This year, that would be the same as charging $1.50 per square foot if the future homeowner were building a 7,301 square foot home. Next year, that would be equal to someone building a 5,476 square foot home. In 2025, that ceiling of $10,952 would be equal to a builder constructing a 4,380 square foot home. Again, while the new impact fee is charged per square foot on new residential construction, the ceiling on that new tax will not exceed $10,952 per dwelling unit. For WGNS News on this Friday, I'm Scott Walker. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. We're talking with Pat Wingo at Adams Place. I just thank God every night that my sons did the research and put my husband and I here because there's activities, there's great food, the people are awesome, the help, the staff is awesome. I thank God every night, and I'm so thankful for Adams Place. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. 
Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. CBS News Brief. Three people have been killed by a twister that tore through the Texas panhandle. Many are injured. CBS's Omar Villafranca. In Perryton, uh, hospital officials are telling us that the injuries range from broken bones to collapsed lung. Now, at last check, almost half a million customers across the South are without power. A cyber gang in Russia suspected in a global attack on government agencies, including the U.S. Energy Department. Former defense intelligence official Bob Gourley. This move at file transfer app is widely used because it makes securing data so convenient. It makes it easy to move data in a way that's encrypted. Canadian Mounted Police say 15 senior citizens were killed when their bus crashed on the way to a casino in Manitoba. Please know that the RCMP have sent every available resource to the scene and are working very closely with the medical examiner's office. The bus is believed to have collided with a tractor trailer. CBS News Brief. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. Talk with the police chief, the mayor, and other local leaders about issues that concern you. The Action Line with Bart Walker, weekdays at 810 on WGNS. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street, online at tireworld.us. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Another news story that WGNS is continuing to follow, the certificate of need to allow Vanderbilt University Medical Center to build and open a 48-bed hospital in Murfreesboro was denied this week. In April of 2020, the Nashville-based medical provider announced plans for a new Rutherford County Regional Hospital to be built on property that was purchased by Vanderbilt near the intersection of I-840 and Veterans Parkway. The new facility was part of a multi-year regional growth plan under the Vanderbilt Health System. Public notice was filed with the State of Tennessee's Health Services Development Agency, all to seek approval on a 154,000-square-foot full-service acute care hospital. The plans to move forward with the project came to a sudden halt this week. John Hauser, Chief Communications Officer for Vanderbilt, told WGNS on Thursday morning, and I quote, Our certificate of need was denied. We are very disappointed in the decision, and we are currently reviewing all available options. He said Vanderbilt University Medical Center continues to be committed to the Vanderbilt Rutherford Hospital Project and to serving the patients of Rutherford County, end quote. When Vanderbilt announced plans to build a new hospital in Murfreesboro, their announcement was met with a strong sense of support, but also large dividing opposition to the proposal. A lot of the opposition came from other medical providers in the immediate area. The plans to build the new Vanderbilt Hospital were also announced around the same time that Ascision St. Thomas Rutherford was in the planning stages of designing, now open, West Lawn Campus, which is an extension of St. Thomas Rutherford. In November of 2021, attorney Warren L. Gooch wrote the executive director of the Tennessee Health Services and Development Agency, suggesting Vanderbilt hurriedly submitted applications to establish a full-service hospital in Murfreesboro. 
The letters show that St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital in Murfreesboro and St. Thomas Stones River Hospital in Woodbury oppose the Certificate of Need application filed by Vanderbilt Rutherford Hospital. In the letter written by Attorney Gooch, it was highlighted that St. Thomas Rutherford has served the local community for over 90 years. It also showed that St. Thomas Health invested over $500 million in new capital projects in Murfreesboro since 2006. The original announcement from Vanderbilt highlighting their plans to build in Murfreesboro stated, and I quote, the new facility would serve as a hub for Vanderbilt Health's inpatient needs and support its growing list of ambulatory and outpatient surgical services already in Rutherford County. Vanderbilt today owns 79 acres of land that is across the road and adjacent to the new Westlawn Hospital. Vanderbilt purchased the acreage on April 15th of 2021 for $8 million around two and a half years ago, almost one year after the St. Thomas property was purchased for Westlawn. The land sits at 1803 Blackman Road in Murfreesboro. The Nashville-based medical provider has not announced plans on what they intend to do with the property since the proposed 48-bed facility was turned down earlier this week. WGNS spoke to the new Westlawn Hospital Administrator in Murfreesboro, Brittany Urso. Westland has been open since um, March 20th, so we have just surpassed our thousandth patient that we saw two weeks ago. And just in the last two weeks, we've actually seen an additional 200. We are a department of St. Thomas Rutherford. I remember whenever it was being built, one of the things that Gordon Ferguson, the head of St. Thomas Rutherford, was talking about was this is going to be the first micro hospital or neighborhood hospital in Tennessee. That's correct. Yeah. So we are the first in Tennessee and it's been great because we've been able to expand to not just have emergency services, but we also have eight inpatient beds. So we're, we can provide more services than just our typical freestanding EDs that we've seen throughout the years, which is a great service. So if you do come to our facility and, and do need an overnight admission, um, we can accommodate that. If it's something that doesn't need a consult for a specialty service that would be provided at at the larger campus. Neighborhood hospital, kind of a, a new term that people aren't used to. What does that mean? Just being right there in the middle of all these different subdivisions and apartment complexes, is that what makes it a neighborhood hospital? Absolutely. So, um, you know, some people refer to it as a micro hospital because we're, you know, a smaller size than the normal facility, but the neighborhood concept is really um, exactly what you said, being in the middle of um, the community, easily accessible, um, kind of on the edge of town. So we're right um, off Veterans Parkway, which is a very up-and-coming area, as we know, in the Westlawn and Blackman communities. Now, what are some of the different services that are available Westlawn? We have board-certified emergency physicians, so they um, are certified for adults and pediatrics. Um, so we have seen a large volume of children um, with coughs, colds. We can do lab testing. We have x-ray and CAT scan available. So we've seen a lot of broken bones, which is unfortunate, but we can see those patients and get them discharged quickly, help them get a referral to an orthopedic clinic because it's right there on veterans at 840 it makes it really accessible i think for a lot of communities outside of murfreesboro absolutely so um easily accessible right off of 840 or even off of 24 I mean, if you come down from the smyrna antioch area because you don't have to go all the way to medical center to make it down to the main campus and it's just one exit right off of 24.
Now that West Lawn's been open for a couple of months, are ambulances in this area starting to take patients to West Lawn? Yeah, we are available for um, ambulance traffic. We have criteria that they're aware of the capabilities that we have. So when an ambulance was to pick you up, they know what services we provide and can bring you to either St. Thomas Rutherford or to West Lawn campus. And because this is the first of its kind in Tennessee, do you have other hospital administrators calling on you asking, you know, well, how's it going so far? We're thinking about doing this elsewhere. Yeah, that's a great question. So we do have um, a national network. So we um, are partnered with a company, um, Ameris. So I'm a, a joint with Ameris and Ascension. This is actually the 40th micro hospital that Ameris has opened across the country. So we do have resources and best practices that we do um, that has helped us to build this concept, the cross-training with the staff, and the efficiency model. And for anybody who's not driven out in that area where the new West Lawn is, there are other medical buildings going up right now. In fact, I I think some are about ready to open. Correct. It's going to be a little medical island, if you would, in Murfreesboro. Absolutely. So um, Murfreesboro Medical Center building is about to open just behind us in late August, I believe. Um, And then our Tennessee Orthopedic Association is also right next door and they are open and seeing patients currently. Again, that was Brittany Urso, the new hospital administrator of West Lawn, which is under Ascision St. Thomas Rutherford. The new West Lawn Hospital is in the Blackman area, directly off of Veterans Parkway and near the Veterans and I-840 intersection. If Vanderbilt would have been allowed to open a new facility in that area, it would have been only about 100 yards away from the new Westlawn Hospital. And once more closing out this story, Vanderbilt Medical Center was denied plans on opening Vanderbilt Rutherford Hospital. Vanderbilt's certificate of need was denied this week. You can read that news story on our website, wgnsradio.com. We've got more news stories and interviews coming your way in just a minute. With WGNS, I'm Scott Walker on this Friday morning. I happened to glance up and the clear sky was gone. Coast to coast, all night, every night. All I could see was something round and black. On WGNS, AM, FM, online. We'll see sunny skies here for this afternoon with a high in the low 90s. Northwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy and a low near 60. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 64. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your gardening needs. We'd have everything you want for those gardens and your lawns. If you're needing special gifts or if you're trying to take care of your feathered friends and furry friends, please come see us. Tina, where are you located? The Rutherford Co-op is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. And you don't have to be a member to shop here. The Rutherford Farmers Co-op on Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off South Church. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 849. You're listening to WGNS again on this Friday morning. Well, right now, the temperature outside is holding at around 73 degrees. 
and it's going to be a high of 91. So again, temperatures will reach 91 by later today and looks like we could see some partly cloudy skies later on today as well. Then overnight, 60 degrees under partly cloudy skies and then tomorrow, Saturday, mainly sunny out there with a high of 89. Well, in other news stories this morning, a man convicted of raping and killing a 22-year-old woman in Murfreesboro eight years ago filed for post-conviction relief and lost. The subject later filed an appeal with the Court of Criminal Appeals and eventually the Tennessee Supreme Court with the petitioner's most recent request for appeal being denied this past Wednesday. 22-year-old Heather Nicole Maples, the victim in the murder, moved to Murfreesboro from Texas six months and one week before she was killed by Brandon Richmond Bowling, who was arrested eight days after her death. Bowling was charged in a 12-count indictment that included six counts of rape, two counts of sexual battery, two counts of aggravated rape and one count of first-degree murder, and then one count of first-degree premeditated murder. Just before trial in year 2018, Bowling filed a motion to suppress video evidence that was found on his cell phone. Representing Bowling in an appeal was attorney William D. Massey, who told the courts... When he was arrested, his phone was taken, and in the phone were some very disturbing videos. Now, that motion was never disputed before the courts, and Bowling pled guilty to one count of aggravated rape and one count of second-degree murder, all in exchange for the dismissal of the remaining charges. While the state initially aimed to seek a life sentence without the possibility of parole, 30-year-old Bowling received an effective sentence of 40 years behind bars to be served at 100%. Rutherford County Circuit Court Judge David Bragg presided over that conviction. The 22-year-old victim was located by a friend who went and checked on her when she failed to report to work. According to Murfreesboro Police, Miss Maples lived at the Cove Apartments, which was also her employer. Detective Sergeant Tommy Massey with the Murfreesboro Police Department investigated and filed the murder charges against Bowling on August 15th of 2015. One year after Bowling was convicted and sentenced, he filed the post-conviction relief. And that post-conviction case that began in 2019 took about two years to complete because it was filed at the very start of the COVID pandemic. The case eventually came to a close in 2022 with Judge James Turner denying the post-conviction relief. After that post-conviction relief was denied, Bowling filed an appeal with the Court of Criminal Appeals. Bowling said that his trial counsel failed to advise him that a search warrant justifying the search of his cell phone was constitutionally defective. Attorney Massey said this. Counsel stated at the hearing that he probably told Brandon Bowling that there might be an issue with the search warrant. He maybe thought the search warrant was bad, uh, and that's what he'd tell him. He would not tell him it was strong. He would not tell him that it was likely to win. Now, the Court of Criminal Appeals of Tennessee agreed with a previous denial of the post-conviction relief, citing that the, uh, the petitioner rather failed to satisfy the burden to establish that he was entitled to post-conviction relief. And then on June 7th of last week, the Tennessee Supreme Court took action on Boulding's appeal, denying his application for moving forward. Previously, his appeal was denied in the Tennessee Court of Criminal Appeals, 
Now, Bowling himself, he will be 59 when his sentence ends on July 19th of year 2052. Now, once released, he will remain on the sex offender registry for the rest of his life. In other news stories of the morning, between 1939 and 1948, there were changes that took place on TV that changed television broadcast history. Now, with an interesting commentary on those changes that had an impact on today's flat screens, here is MTSU professor of journalism, Larry Burris. This week marks the anniversary of two little-remembered events in television history. First, in 1939, was the initial broadcast of a musical program on NBC, The Pirates of Penzance. Then, nine years later, in 1948, was the first televised appearance of Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, both of whom appeared on Ed Sullivan's Talk of the Town. Now, The Pirates of Penzance is hardly high opera, but what's interesting is the change that occurred between 1939 and 1948 not only in programming, but also in the audience. In 1939, television sets were a scarce commodity. Only a few were in existence, and those were owned by what we might call the upper crust of society. And that audience wanted what might, with equal accuracy, be called upper crust programming. By 1948, television was in full swing, and the medium had become popularized. Everyone was buying television sets, and someone had to pay for all the programming. And that someone was advertisers. Advertising, of course, is based on a fairly simple principle. Pitch your product to the group that has the most money. In America, the largest group with the most money is the middle class. True, any one rich person has more money than any one middle class person. But all in all, the middle class has more total money. So, if you're an advertiser, that's the group you want to target. And generally, mass audiences prefer Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis to the Pirates of Penzance. True, individual members of that audience may like opera, but generally most members don't. And since most of the audience preferred Ed Sullivan, that's where the advertisers went. And with the advertisers is going to come more programming that audience wants. The next time you're decrying the lack of high culture on television, don't blame the producers or even the advertisers. Generally speaking, both programmers and advertisers give the audience what it wants. And if the majority of the audience wants bread and circuses, that's what it's going to get. And in a lot of ways, that's too bad. I'm Larry Burris. Right now that time, 8.57. Again, that was Dr. Larry Burris with MTSU, and you can hear that uh, verbatim his commentary on our website at wgnsradio.com well in other news of the morning a criminal hearing stemming from a death investigation that occurred last year in the northern rutherford county area was scheduled to take place on monday uh, but it has since been rescheduled for september the 5th the woman accused of shooting and killing 37-year-old Robin Taylor this past October at Taylor's Almondwood Place home in Laverne uh, allegedly lied to police when officers arrived at the scene. Miss Taylor's sister, Candace Davis, was on scene when officers arrived. After initially claiming an unknown subject shot her sister and ran away, Miss Davis later changed her story and claimed her sister attacked her and she shot Miss Taylor in self-defense. That was Rutherford County District Attorney Jennings Jones. 
Laverne Detective Tanner Noakes was the lead investigator in that case. Upon the conclusion of Detective Noakes' investigation and in light of the evidence collected on scene, it was determined that Miss Davis was not justified in shooting Miss Taylor. She was subsequently charged with second-degree murder. 25-year-old Candace Davis, who is accused of killing her sister, Robin Taylor, in Laverne last year, is currently free on bond. She is expected to appear before Judge Barry Tidwell on September the 5th. The defendant is represented by counsel Mr. Thompson Kirkpatrick, while the state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. Again, that's another story you can find on our website. Well, construction of the brand new BC Road Bridge that will span the width of the Stones River and then connect to River Rock Boulevard is now underway. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland told WGNS. What this road will do is allow people to be able to get to the interchange at 99 and not have to go through the Cason Lane, Old Fort Parkway area. The mayor said that the goal here is to have different routes to get motorists around the city, hopefully alleviating some of those traffic woes. Now, the city is also working to extend Rutherford Boulevard and then connect that to Warrior Drive. Then you actually will have another bridge that goes over 24 that will connect on the other side of 99. Now, Rutledge Way, which is off Middle Tennessee Boulevard, will also connect to that extended Rutherford Boulevard, allowing drivers even more options in their daily commutes. Hopefully, again, reducing traffic to multiple areas to include River Rock Boulevard, Cason Lane, South Church Street, Highway 99, and more. Again, the goal here is to reduce the traffic around Murfreesboro. Time right now, 9 o'clock. You're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro.